Hey Jay. Hey Tyler. How are you doing? I am uh, I'm well. I'm a little stir yeah. crazy. Did you make it through yeah. Easter okay? We did. Uh this was by far the weirdest Easter ever. Uh why was that? Uh well, you know, we're just a little socially distant. Uh <laughs> I did ten videos in a week for our church. Goodness. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of video editing, so how many different services did your church have, like separate services? On Easter itself, on Easter proper? Like through that week, how many of those were not just like videos, like think right. about this, but like uh, we did uh, a, like actual services? We did a Palm Sunday with mm-hmm. virtual communion, which there's a discussion point at some, yeah. some yeah, point. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, how did did Mon- you like it? Did you like doing virtual communion? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I... I I understand why we did it, and I didn't have a problem with doing it, um, but I didn't like it. Like I didn't particularly enjoy the process. What was um, what was why did why didn't you like it? Uh, I mean, first of all, what we did we filmed uh, the whole uh, words of institution on our own. So yeah. like doing that in an empty sanctuary was like, what? This is so weird. Um, but then the day of, I'm sitting in my uh, gym shorts and and t-shirt taking a loaf of bread and some Welch's grape juice going eh, this just doesn't eh, doesn't feel right yeah uh, and it's not right it's not like this is the new mode going forward yeah oh yeah um, there's a reason this, why we're not allowed to do it alone right like you can't take in the Presbyterian church you can't take communion privately right um, except for like shut-ins and stuff like that but in terms of a worship service you can't have a private communion service for your family or something like that right so yeah like again i i understood why we did it the presbyterian uh church released guidelines for how to do it and like so it was fine uh it just wasn't super enjoyable uh then we did monday thursday um i can hear my clock that's what i was just looking at okay i was like what is that uh, we did Monday, Thursday, and then we did two on Easter Sunday. We did a traditional service with like organ and trumpet. Uh, and then Ed and I did maybe my favorite service that we've done. Uh, Ed and I did a campfire in his backyard. Oh, nice. For the, con- for the contemporary service. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've seen a bunch good. of the services your church has been putting out, but I haven't seen any contemporary stuff yet. So that knowing that you all, at the, the bridge it's called? Yeah. That you, yeah. you guys have a pretty solid contemporary thing. I, I'm. I've been looking, anticipating some contemporary stuff. So, there's more coming. We're gonna try Zoom Church this week. Um, I've been watching. And part of it is, is this whole quarantine and doing media stuff. I have just been waiting for somebody else to try it, seeing yeah. how they screw it up, and then stealing the good parts of the idea. Yeah. Did you uh, find anyone who screwed up pretty good? Uh, no, I was part of a screw up. Uh, uh, the mute button is very key if you're going to do any kind of singing <laughs> over Zoom. Because um, I led uh, worship for our good friend Bentley's church over Zoom. And mm-hmm. I felt like such a diva. The first song I was singing and the lag was such that like people were two or three lines behind me in my headphones. So I'm trying to sing, but also getting that feedback. So I had to mute everybody. Like I was just singing by myself with no feedback at all. I was like, "That's weird." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there was some, there were some healthy train wreck moments along the way. Uh, yeah, it's a so, weird, it's a weird process. Yeah. I found that um, it's. 
I've got the nice thing has been getting a lot of people, at least for my church, uh, getting a lot of other people involved. I've just had people like, hey, can you read the scripture? Hey, can you do this prayer? Hey, can you do say a thing about where you're seeing God and just record it on your phone and send it to me? So each week uh, and music too. Like we have a couple of folks in our praise band, and I've just been saying whatever song you like singing, why don't you sing that one and send it to me? And yeah. each week we've gotten just enough, so it's been really good. We've had like kids saying stuff like "Welcome to worship" and. Um, little things like that. So that's been really nice. And because we didn't have a live stream set up to begin with, um, and our sanctuary is not really conducive to it, um, I've just been doing all of the service, like just talking directly to the to the screen. Yeah. And so, and part of that is, is thinking like the medium in which people are watching this is either on a TV or on their computer or on their phone. And most of the things in that sense, like from vlogging and stuff like that, is just looking at, uh, looking directly into the screen. It's yeah. not um, watching a service. And so I think knowing the medium, that to me seemed to make a little more sense. And it also, again, we're not set up for the other way, so it would have been more of a task. I, um, I, this is this is editorializing for sure. Mm-hmm. I like the way you've been doing yours. Um, it's been fun to kind of like watch everybody else's mm-hmm. worship services. That's been uh, the craziest thing because on, on, we're all busy on Sunday, so you never get to right. hear your friends preach, and now you can kind of hear everybody. It's been really neat. Yeah. But I, I think the churches that are trying to just recreate Sunday worship in an empty sanctuary, those are the most unfulfilling services yeah. I've seen. Um, well, and it all I, seems like we only know one way to do this. And we can't be creative enough to think of anything else. And right. I don't mean to besmirch people who are trying that, but it also, I feel like this is a time to be creative, like do yeah. other things. Like our Easter service, I, I did the whole thing from Allegheny Cemetery. Like oh, I, nice. I went, yeah, I went out and just found a tomb and sat in front of it and did my, all my parts were from there. And then obviously like people in, are singing and stuff from other parts, but everything was just in the cemetery and good Friday. I did most of it in the cemetery. And then I did, um, Monday, Thursday, just in my, like in our back room, but at night, like in the middle of the night. Um, and I think we have the opportunity to get outside of the building. And so why not get outside of the building at least a little bit? Like you can, none of the things that we're, and I've seen some other churches do that. Hampton does a really, a really cute job of doing like little skits and stuff. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and having, um, like their children's messages outside at different people's houses and stuff. And I think, I just think it's, it's a neat way to, um, talk about God in different contexts. And, yes. uh, that to me is interesting. And so I've just found quite the, the Palm Sunday I just did, I have woods behind my house and I just kept, was trying to find a neat place. And then it just ended up walking all the way down to the Creek and doing it on this trail. <laughs> And uh, because I was there and I had my laptop like balancing on a, on a stump, it was very, uh, <laughs> very non, uh, not professional. Uh, well, that's... But then at the end of it, I just like walked away. And, and uh, so included that in the, um, in the process of me just walking, like at the end of the service, I just walked out, <laughs> walked away. Uh, and little things like that, it'd be fun. Um, I think, I think part of the joy of this season, cause there are a few joys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of the joy of this season is people are so grateful, at least in my church, people are so grateful to have anything Yeah. that there is so much grace for trying and failing. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you, if you try something new and it goes great, everybody's super appreciative. And if you try something new and it sucks, people are still like, well, 
we connect it. Like it, it, there's so much room for try something goofy, go outside, you know, do, do, do it different than you usually do it. I, I've been, you know, kind of searching through all this for like what the church is going to carry forward coming out mm-hmm. of quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and questions like that are hugely important. Like, why is it the community is so much more important to people than professional, really tight worship stuff? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's something to think about. And how much time, energy, and effort go into like super pristine choirs and like high production value versus just the connection of getting people together. Uh, and I think we'll appreciate that more on the other oh, side absolutely. of this thing. Yeah. Our worship definitely um, translated a little easier. I mean, I have a. Because I have a smaller church and I'm the only uh, full-time person on staff, I do a lot of the the worship. Uh, And my demeanor in worship is not much different than my demeanor is uh, in a podcast. And so um, I'm pretty casual even even within the liturgy. So it translates really well to this style of of, uh, kind of like friendly worship that, that we're doing during this time. Yeah. It's been, I like it. Um, I mean, it's, again, I, it'll be nice when we're done uh, being apart from one another, but I do really like this. And we've also been able to connect with people that uh, we haven't seen in a while. So that's yeah. really neat too. Yeah. No, I am def- I'm definitely ready to go back to work. Like mm-hmm. that's, yeah, in big ways. I always like when, when things are, um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to ever make light of the tragedy. Like I'm really sad about kind of the suffering that has been going on and no the, kidding. the trouble that people are experiencing. But I do, I like it when life is interrupted and we're mm-hmm. forced to do things other than, than what we would have expected. Yeah. Um, so I've really been enjoying that part of it. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I have a general question for you. Okay. We were talking uh, a, a little bit about um, what the Tiger King, that's what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's crazy. I have not watched it. Uh, my wife and I have not watched it. We, uh, and not for lack of time, uh, but I think it, it got to the point, um, as things do sometimes when you miss out on a cultural zeitgeisty moment and then everyone's talking about it and then you get bitter about it and just decide, well, well, I'm not going to watch it then yeah. because now it's cool not to watch it. <laughs> uh, and, and also I am curious about it, but, it, but at the same time, I kind of, I kind of know what's going to happen in it. Yeah. Um, like it's not a, a shocker. Um, and, uh, my wife and I, but definitely my wife is, is not too keen on watching shows where animals are mistreated and, uh, not taken care of. And especially when idiots have, are taking care of animals that really, and boy, are they idiots. <laughs> so we've, we've stayed away from it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that's not to besmirch people who have enjoyed watching it. I know that it's, it's an intriguing show. I keep, everyone keeps telling me like, oh man, you gotta watch this. We've watched The Leftovers instead, which is fantastic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I highly recommend The Leftovers. Uh, we are, we just finished season one. We are like three episodes into season two, which just completely becomes a different show in, in a great way. And season one is great. Oh, it's, it's a great, it's all about guilt and mourning and coping and, Oh, man. Is any the, of that relevant right now? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's yeah. escapist. We're trying to get away. <laughs> the, well, the whole premise is one day, 2% of the world's population just disappears. And yeah. then it's, it's everybody dealing with that. Well, they uh, were clearly uh, snapped out of existence by Thanos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, um, but so my question is based on the Tiger King thing is this. 
Uh, what exotic animal, assuming that you would do your best to take care of it and provide sure. it, if you could have any exotic animal as a pet, what would it be? This is a this is a lame answer because I mean, watching the Tiger King, clearly having any kind of animal that could eat you is a poor choice in life. Like it's just it's not gonna end well. Do the tigers uh, eat people in that in that show? That's debatable. Oh um, oh well yeah. well. It's debatable. For the record, uh, dear podcast listeners, I think they do, uh, but we'll come back to that later. Oh, my, my. Um, yeah, maybe I do need to watch the show at some point. It's it's a fascinating, as a sidetrack, it's, it, more than anything, it is a fascinating look at humanity. Yeah. And like the, I do the, like, the, there's a bunch of the, like, I really liked Making a Murderer. Yeah. And that's a show with a bunch of people I don't want to spend any time with. Um, right. There's it's a, that. There's a bunch of shows like that that we really enjoy. I think it's just the animal factor of it that makes me. Yeah. Weird. So I think like a straight up toucan. I've always wanted to have a bird, uh, and like one of those exotic birds that could uh, hopefully, ideally, talk to me would be another yeah. another yeah. plus. That's um, a, toucans live for like forty years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bu- that's a buddy for a good while. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'd be down or it's for a jerk a that you have to take care of for the rest. Well, of your right. Life. <laughs> Check the personality. That's always, <laughs> I was always worried about getting a parrot because, like, well, you, you're kind of it's like marrying someone. Yeah. Uh, like, but someone who you can't like reason with. Um, Rock, dumb so. shirt, dumb shirt. <laughs> we uh, one of my favorite things on TikTok. TikTok is such. Have you spent? Have you continued yeah. to spend? Oh man. Yeah. That's TikTok the joy is of, it. <laughs> of I so. Sarah and I have have a new rule uh, in our house. It's a little spiritual discipline. It's beautiful. When we put the kids to bed, we then listen to and pray through Pray As You Go. Highly yeah. recommend that podcast. Yep, yep. And then phones are shut off. Okay. And TikTok was almost exclusively the reason for that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I would be up until the wee hours of whatever oh, just I had surfing. To put, I put a, a limit on it because you can put limits on specific apps. So I have an hour. Yeah, TikTok, and 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 I also at like eleven thirty at night when it tells me you've been on TikTok too long, I'm like I don't care, and then like I'll just <laughs> immediately. But it just at least yeah. shows me like yeah, you've been on it. Um, but uh, the uh, the funniest thing about TikTok is that it has this pretty responsive algorithm where mm-hmm. it tells the things that you like, and then it gives you more of that stuff to the point that like I'm constantly getting cat videos. I was like, man, TikTok is filled with cat videos. And then I realized, no, it's not. No, like, no. it's filled with everything. I just never see dog videos because I only like the cat videos. It uh, gets but you. I, I somehow, it's also figured out that I really like videos of birds talking because I keep getting <laughs> videos of parrots talking. And there was one that was great where this parrot is talking. And parrots talking blows my mind because they sound yeah. so clear. It sounds like a like an old tape recorder being played at the bottom yes. of a Pringles can. But It, it sounds is, so fake. It's so real. Uh, and it, yeah, fake, but like an actual person. Like it sounds right. like a recording of a person. And there was this one where this uh, this pigeon like looks in a mirror and just goes, "Give me a kiss, give me a kiss." And then it just goes, uh, "What you doing? What you doing?" And then it like moved and looked directly at the camera and says, "What are you doing?" Like it was a completely <laughs> different tone. And it was like it went from being really sweet to being really commanding. What you doing? What you doing? What are you doing? And it was it was. Just thinking of the person who taught that pigeon that, or the parrot that, uh, was funny. But it What's, that it sounds it, like my four-year-old. Yeah. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. The 
the comedy on TikTok, everything about TikTok is delightful. I'm sure that there's terrible things, but again, the algorithm has pulled me away from those terrible things. So I don't right. see the bad stuff on TikTok anymore. So good. Uh, what, so, what would your what would your exotic be? Uh, my exotic animal would. I mean, I do like the big cats, but I feel like I'd have a hard time taking care of them. Um, I really liked uh, lemurs. Uh, uh, yeah. We so I worked in an animal park uh, during um, college for a year, um, and it was great. And we had all kinds of. It was probably a little better run version of the tiger king <laughs> park but we had a bunch i would of, hope so it, it was basically like a petting zoo and a zoo had a baby and mm. it was somewhere in between the two like there were tigers um there was like everything you would see at a zoo. there weren't elephants but there were tigers and pumas and stuff like that but the lemurs were always really fun and the lemur it's like halfway between a cat and a monkey like it's just a really interesting and there were those are the ones really, with the ring tail right yes 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 yeah. so it's like yeah. the guy for the madagascar yeah. Uh, thing. Uh, they're from Madagascar, but it's in the movie Madagascar. But yeah, ring-tailed lemurs, they have a face that looks a little like a cat, but they kind of, they're basically primates, and they're super, super soft. They're always real, like, skittish. Like, they always, they kind of would always hurt my confidence, because every time I'd come into the room to feed them, that was it was like coming to a surprise party that's not for you. <laughs> where they all looked at up like and then they saw you and they're like, oh. Like they were not ever excited to see me. But they I think they were excited for food. And when they could tell I wasn't bringing food, then they didn't care. But then when I did bring food, they get super excited. And I bring a bucket of food that was like all this we would prepare like a bunch of fruit and stuff, and then they would just dig through the bucket to get the bananas. Everybody loved bananas. Like, very stereotypically. But it was funny because they would just cram them in their mouth. So they're just like, there's probably a dozen of them just like pawing through apples and oranges and stuff and just cramming bananas in their mouth. So the <laughs> cheeks are filled with bananas as they, and then they eat all the bananas and then they just slowly pick it away at the other stuff. Like, nobody likes the other fruit. Just but, like middle schoolers. Yep, yep. So that would probably be it. If it was, if I could get a, a nice one in a fantasy world, like a polar bear, I think it would be really nice. Well, that's, I was going to say, like if I'm being going, hugged by a polar bear, I'd love yeah. to sleep on a polar bear. If I'm going total fantasy and like, I don't have to care for the cage because I can't keep fish alive. Yeah. Uh, but a dolphin would be sweet. Yeah. To just have a dolphin chilling out in the backyard, big pool, whatever. Like, but that feels like a whole lot of work. It was a whole lot of work. It was very nice to live vicariously through my dolphin trainer wife for the several years that she worked with dolphins. Yeah, because I had kind of pretty regular access to them, and she got to see them all the time. And you get to see kind of the like how sausages are made and how how not fun the job is. But the fun stuff is still there. It's just there's a lot of not fun stuff, and the not fun stuff is yeah. usually bureaucracy and guests. Yeah. So like being an animal keeper right now during the quarantine is probably the best job ever. Yeah, that's yeah. All you gotta do is keep that thing alive. Yeah. Uh, so like working at the zoo right now would be fantastic. Yeah. No no guests. You don't have to talk to people just play with animals not play with animals but take care of animals yeah pretty great that's the good stuff if i could have any imaginary animal uh it would be uh, a totoro have you ever seen do you know oh man there's this great movie your boys would love it they're kind of at the age now when the library comes back to life you need to get there's a movie called my neighbor totoro okay and it's t-o-t-o-r-o um it's an anime movie by uh, Hayao Miyazaki, who did like all the best anime movies, like Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and uh, stuff like that. But My Neighbor Totoro is 
it's just these two kids like it's a story all these japanese movies have stories where either way too much happens or nothing really happens and this one kind of nothing happens it's these two daughters these two girls who move to this new house their mom is sick in the hospital their dad's a professor and they just kind of go on adventures and the one girl has to go to school and then the other girl stays at home and she goes off into the woods and she meets this giant fuzzy totoro uh which is just like it looks it's like a giant fuzzy ball <laughs> I don't know. And then she falls asleep awesome. on it, and it's like the best thing ever. It's hard to really explain, but uh, just look it up. Look up a picture of, of a Totoro, T-O-T-O-R-O, yeah. and uh, imagine having that to sleep on. Like it would be, it'd be pretty great. That's like Baymax in Big Hero Six. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something. Baymax, I'm into. but like four times bigger than that. Yeah. And they ride in a, in a cat bus. That's an actual cat that they ride inside of. It's very. It's a crazy movie. Anime uh, is a weird, yeah, weird yeah, yeah. genre. And this of everything. one is very accessible for anime, but it's it's just creative. But um, it's really, really good. Your boys would love it. Uh, so they, that would I, be the, the fantasy uh, animal that I could have. I will publicly uh, thank you for Imagination Movers. Oh, it's uh, the best. We, it's all we've watched in quarantine, and that's this is a testament to that particular show as a children's show. Yeah, I think I have seen every episode at least twice now. Because yeah. again, it's quarantine, so like we got nothing else to do. Yep. We go outside some, but we watch a lot of imagination movies. I am still not sick of it, and I still laugh a lot at, the, at yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, we've been watching it for I mean, what like seven years? Yeah. We're still not tired of it. It's uh, our great. kids don't watch it as much, but even our kids now are they're ten and ten, nine, and, and seven and a half, and they whenever we say let's hey let's watch imagination movies, they're always like okay, like they yeah. they never don't want to watch that show do you have a favorite so far i i really like uh the, it, it's probably just because it's the one we've seen the most and it's because my son thinks it's so funny but the first episode uh on disney plus i don't think it's the pilot mm-hmm. but it's where they're trying to find the noise um it, it's it winds up spoiler alert being knit knots in his office with a tuba yeah because um, they're singing the nina song right yeah that is, is the a, first episode it doesn't which seem is like a great episode, song but it is yeah oh yeah it's it's actually a pretty decent song uh, but then, uh, when they open up the noisy room, my son <laughs> cracks up every time. We again, we've seen it at least three or four times that episode. Yeah, oh, it's uh, great. So, so I think his laugh definitely juices the pot on that one. Like the fact that he laughs so much at it. We always I enjoy really that like one a lot. The, uh, the snow day one, I love. Where they yeah. get snowed into the uh, the <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good. It's got really good songs in it. And the, there's a slip slide one where they like wax the floor and it's too yeah. slippery and they can't go anywhere. <laughs> they have to ice skate. This is a really great show. I I mean, even if you don't have kids, give it a shot. It's on Disney yeah. Plus. It's fantastic. Warehouse Mouse alone. Warehouse Mouse is yeah. Sarah's favorite. It, he's oh so funny. Well, we have gotten to know them pretty well. Like we've gotten to meet the like we went to a couple concerts and met them, but. Um, Adrian ended up like going and taking pictures for them in a couple of their concerts. And so oh, like wow. had just become fr- like kids, they came to Pittsburgh and then we tried to, we tried to like hook up times for them to, um, get venues and stuff. So like we've become friends with them. We went, when we went to new Orleans last year, it was just Adrian and I, and we met up with them. So they're like That's awesome. friends of ours now. Yeah. And That's they're just awesome. exactly like they are on the show. It's like yeah. Mr. Rogers, like they're. <laughs> Hundred percent, like they as are. advertised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were having beers, but other than that, they were yeah, exactly the same guys. Also, the names of their albums. Let me pull up for our dear listeners because they they can name an album like nobody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm off the top of my head, Juice Box Heroes, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, License to Move. Mm-hmm. They had a, they had a couple others that were like like good 
ploys on. Yeah, so the Juicebox Heroes is like Jukebox Heroes, which is a Foreigner album, I think, yeah. or Foreigner song. License Back in Blue move is like uh, License to Ill, the Beastie Boys record. Yeah. Uh, Back in Blue is like Back in Black, which is an ACDC record. Um, yeah. Rockomatic's the name of one of them. That's not really a play on anything. Um, yeah. I really like Juicebox Heroes, though. For that's... those about to move, I think is one of them. <laughs> Oh, just, man. It's a great band. I, I highly recommend it. They're really fun guys, and they're, it's it's just good music. So, yeah, yeah listen to that. Regardless of your age, it's on Disney+, Plus and it's on Spotify. Imagine and it's not like we're going anywhere for any while. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, quarantine. If you're looking for some feel-good stuff, and you're tired of the Tiger King, I was gonna watch say, some <laughs> Imagination <laughs> If you need a palate cleanser from the Tiger King. The Tiger King man. and Leftovers, the two <laughs> most happy shows you can watch during quarantine. May we watch recommend. Watch Imagination Rivers. Yeah. Well, I'm Jay. And I'm Tyler. And this is Roughing the Pastor. out there for us uh this sometimes our listeners can tell we very thoroughly think through the topic we're going to present sometimes we do not Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the latter but this came from and i think it's very relevant to the whole quarantine scenario Um, but this came from the way i was texting folks in my congregation uh so like if somebody went to the hospital or or got sick or something like that uh, i noticed a while back that i would always text them and say I'm praying for you, period. Can I do anything for you? Mm-hmm. Was the follow-up. And it occurred to me that those are not mutually exclusive ideas. Yeah. That that praying for somebody is doing something for them. Yeah. In, and you shouldn't separate those two out. So I guess my question to kind of key this all off is just for the two of us to riff on this idea of prayer. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like... It, 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 when gun control issues come up and people throw out, oh, thoughts and prayers are with the victims, mm-hmm. I always roll my eyes and sigh a little bit of like, oh, come on, actually do something. Um, so on one hand, I think prayer is doing something. And on mm-hmm. another hand, I think it needs to be met with something beyond that. Yeah. How do we pray in this season of life, Tyler? Help me. Well, I'll start <laughs> off by saying um, that prayer has always been the biggest spiritual thing that I've struggled with hmm. uh, since I was a kid uh, as a pastor I was like even part of me was like should I become a pastor because I don't really know how to pray yeah. um, and like I know how to pray and then I can pray a prayer um, it's just I, I some people take it so seriously um, and not that I don't take prayer seriously but it just like the regular prayer has been something that I had had always struggled with um, prayer I get real distracted during prayers, especially when I feel like people are being showy or trying to impress other people with their prayers. 
Uh, anytime <laughs> I'm praying and music starts playing, I'm out. Like so, contemporary <laughs> services where like a piano yeah. sneaks in is like, oh, I guess we're done praying because there's there's a song coming in. Like so that, that I have for not having. I don't know. I, I have a lot of opinions about bad ways to pray, without oh, yeah. a lot of tips on the best way. I think the best way to pray is just being authentic. Uh, and one of the times, um, I had a a, a friend. Uh, one of my one of my best friends in college, um, a guy named Scott Hauser, is one of the best people I ever knew, um, and he actually just passed away a couple of years ago um, from it got this sudden like a blood cancer, and it mm. he went in like two months, and he was a pastor of a church, but he and I were real good friends in college, and um, we would get together and we'd do a Bible study, and uh, this was long before I even thought about doing ministry. Um, so we were just doing Bible studies and stuff and he would have prayers that would seem like he was just talking on the phone to his friend. And I remember one point he swore during the prayer and it wasn't, yes. I mean, it was just really, it was just like, uh, God, you know, damn it. Um, just sometimes like, it was just something like that where it wasn't like really a, a right. strong one. It was a PG prayer, but it was a PG swear, but it was very funny in the middle of a prayer and he was not trying to be funny. Like he was just like authentic and it wasn't, he wasn't praying, praying to the people in the room. I think that that's what I get real skeptical when prayers are directed at the people in the room and yeah. not at God or when they're directed at God. It's like if I'm having a conversation with someone, but I know someone else is listening in and then I'm really saying what I want to say to the person listening in, but pretending like I'm talking to the person that I'm talking to. Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot of prayer feels like. And, and, and I get real, uh, I, I get real cynical about stuff like that. And I think so that, that's that why, was always a struggle. Yeah. I think that's why this is on my mind. Cause I think for me, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like as soon mm-hmm. as I hear the synth come on in a prayer, I'm like, Oh, for goodness sake. Like, yeah. Uh, but for so many people, the performative kind of prayer in a church by a pastor or a worship leader or something like that is really all they get experience to. Yeah. Right. And their assumption is that prayer has to look like that. Yeah. Um, well, and I always wonder like where people have learned, especially in youth ministry and stuff like that. hmm. Uh, people learn the prayer where, um, God or Lord God and the word just are used as though that's the way you pronounce commas. Yeah. (laughs) So, So it's like, well, Lord God, we just, Lord God, we come before you, Lord God, and we just ask you, Lord God, that we just, <laughs> and it's like, one, you sound like a crazy person. Like, yep. no one talks like that. Like, if I was to say, Jason, I just came before you, Jason, I just want to ask you, Jason, if you could tell me, Jay, like, what, what did you do today, Jay? Like, that it sounds, like, really rambling and weird, and yep. it's, it's, a, it's a form of prayer that is learned. No one naturally does that. And uh, the fact that so many people have learned to pray that way, not because someone said you need to say just as much as you can and you need to say <laughs> Lord God as much as you can. It's just that they've heard that and thought, well, I guess that's the way I'm supposed to pray. Well, it's it, it, that because I think I came from a school where that is and that still creeps into my my yeah. prayers every now and again. Like that's hard prayer not voice. to because that's what that's right. how you hear pray, people pray. And I, there, there, there was a shift for me in ministry of like when I was doing the 11 o'clock service at our church, which, again, is like super traditional and performative and like polished. I always wanted to be the guy making up prayers on the spot because it felt more authentic. Um, and, and I don't even know why I felt that way. Right. Like, yeah. cause it doesn't sound more authentic. It sounds more rambly. Um, and now I find myself like, I want to read the written prayers. I want to read stuff that somebody else has put a lot of time and effort into. 
Um, and that to me feels more authentic because a I've worked with it a little bit longer than just on my feet uh, lifting something up. But also I don't know something about tapping into a larger church history in that moment feels yeah. right. Well, and the the prayer part of then the larger struggle with prayer is that I mean there uh, the the part of me that felt like I was self righteous about stuff, which is not a positive. This is not Tyler being right is not a not a Tyler I'm very excited about, but uh, <laughs> the, when I would get mad at, or annoyed with these prayers, I would look at scripture and especially in like the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking about praying. And he said, when yeah. you pray, don't ramble on and on like the pagans do, uh, like it, which is exactly what a lot of prayers sound like. The Lord God just, I just, I just like that just seems like rambling. And uh, it, like, it seems like it doesn't make any sense. And then he also says, when you pray, don't stand on street corners to be heard by others for your, the beauty of your prayer. But instead, yeah. when you pray, go privately into a room and pray to God. Simply just ask for God what you want, because whatever you know, God already knows what you want it. So don't make a big deal out of it. And like that, yeah. um, anytime prayer becomes deified, where we are like worshiping the prayer, like the beauty of the prayer, Yep. that's like I, I rankle against that and and again that's on me that's not to say well so Tyler's way is the right way no uh, I do think that there is something to be said about how we don't pray well in the church and I mean right. the big C like we have th- across the church I think we have dis- distorted what prayer actually is so that it's become this form of performance rather than actually talking to God and right. sometimes actually talking to God sounds a little rambly and um, unfocused because that's how we talk to each other, uh, but or un, un unflowery. Like it shouldn't. Yeah. Prayer shouldn't always sound like psalms. Psalms right. are poetry, and prayer is not necessarily poetry. Now you can pray a poem, you can pray the psalms. So prayer doesn't have to be poetic. It doesn't have to be unpoetic, but it shouldn't be exclusively poetic. Right. It doesn't. Every prayer that you pray shouldn't have had two hours worth of work put into it. Um, now there is something like you said, to pray the pre-written prayers. There is something about those that they have been really well thought out. I do really love the liturgical prayer. The Lord's prayer is a good example. The Lord's prayer is a, it's a form prayer that Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, here's what you Uh, do. Yeah. And it's a great prayer because it has, um, asking like it's praise, it's supplication, it's, uh, confession, it's thanksgiving, and it's asking for what you need. Like it's all the basic steps of a prayer are all in there. And it doesn't go on too long. Right. But we pray that prayer as a form prayer. So it's a pre-written prayer. And it makes it, uh, like I always had wondered that as a kid with the like prayers of confessions and stuff like that. Like why don't, if we're confessing, why why are you telling me what I'm confessing to? Like shouldn't it just be silent confession? But when it's silent confession, usually there's not enough time. There's yeah. like four seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. now please take this time for silent confession. Okay, so this one time and I was we're thinking moving on. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? You're forgiven. Okay. Yeah. On with the service. <laughs> I think we said before that uh, I sing "Jesus Loves Me" in my head yeah. during the silent confession because it gives uh, uh, anywhere between like 15 and 30 seconds, depending on how fast I sing it. Because I think that that's. Uh, you you need to have a clear amount of time that's more than just five seconds. Because if you just say, well, I'm going to wait for 30 seconds, you wait for five seconds and it feels like you've been waiting for a minute. Like you really, it it's it's stressful when you are leaving silence in the worship service. 
Well, this is this is to a point, you know. Uh, I've tried the the Jesus loves me in the prayer of confession spot, uh, and it it speaks to just how much I think I have undiagnosed ADD, uh, because the number of times I have come around to wait, am I at the chorus yet? Did I sing that part yet? I don't remember because my brain will immediately run somewhere else, and that's a piece of this too. For as much as those performative prayers and worship and stuff are are big and lofty or whatever, I am very rarely actually praying. I think. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, well, it's so a, hard as a as a worship leader to be right. in the prayer because you have to be. Yeah, most of the time during the prayer, I'm thinking about what's coming next. Yeah. Even I'm when six you're miles praying, down when the you're road. Say, yeah. As soon as I start saying the Lord's prayer, I am not thinking about what I'm saying. No. <laughs> Which oh, is really oh. difficult, but it's also part of. I mean, you're driving the bus, so you can't right. be uh, really focusing on what's going on. You got to be looking at the road in front of you, which yeah. is a weird thing. But I think it's fascinating all this, uh, again, the reason I think about all this and that Jesus passage about going into your room alone uh, and lifting up to your father feels super relevant at this point too because like prayer is kind of all we have. Uh, some of these pre-written prayers uh, get really interesting. So uh, again, our friend uh, Laura Bentley, I think used this at uh, her church sanctuary, but um, this is out of the Book of Common Prayer by Shane Claiborne. Um it's a prayer before or after a meal, which is super awesome. Uh, but it says, Holy be the hands that sew our clothes so that we do not have to go naked. Sacred be the hands that build our homes so that we do not have to be cold. Blessed be the hands that work the land so that we do not have to go hungry. Creator God, we give thanks. Holy be the feet of all who labor so that we might have rest. Sacred be the feet of all who run swiftly to stand with the oppressed. Blessed be the feet of all whose bodies are too broken or weary to stand. Creator God, we give thanks. Holy be the sound of children laughing to take away our sorrow. Sacred be the sound of water falling to take away our thirst. Blessed be the sound of your people singing to heal our troubled hearts. Creator God, we give thanks. Holy be the body of of those who know hunger. Sacred be the bodies of those who are broken. Blessed be the bodies of those who suffer. Um, you know, this prayer points outward toward people that are hungry, broken. Uh, the people that sew our clothes, the people that manufacture our food. Like, I think it's interesting in those moments to like point your prayers outside of what you need or want uh, and towards the people that have gotten you to where you are um, and having a grateful heart for that. I, I really like that. One of the, so the Presbyterian Book of Common Worship mm-hmm. has, um, and there's like a, a devotional edition, like a pastoral edition or something like that. Yeah, the like Red smaller, Book. Yeah. And in that, it has, um, they have a daily prayer part of it, and it's actually an app, too. The daily prayer app, it's not really sophisticated, but it does have each, uh, and it was in the book, each day has a prayer. Um, There's actually four prayers. There's a morning prayer, an evening, like, they're these different, like, basically like vespers. So there's morning vespers, midday vespers, evening vespers, and um, right at the end of the day, vespers. but at the end of it, there's always a Thanksgiving and intercession. And the, oh, this is on the midday. Um, the, it, it leaves space to pray for people. So it goes like this. Like here is the one for this evening. Give us your grace, O God, that we may rejoice in your goodness to us and to all your children and be thankful for your love revealed in Jesus Christ. Sounds like a normal prayer. But yeah. then it goes on. Especially we thank you for people who reveal your truth and righteousness. And then it leaves space that you're supposed to wait. Courage to be bold disciples, space. 
those who show hospitality, space. Surprises that have blessed us, space. The unity of the church. And it, it, each prayer, and there are, I think, 10, 14 of them, because there's a morning and evening, um, that specifically have that part of the prayer in it. Uh, leave space for a different group of people. And one's like praying for the church in Africa. and But one of them was praying for those who work while we sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. It makes you think of the people that you wouldn't think of. Uh, those that bring us joy through entertainment. Like things yeah. that are incredibly important blessings, but we wouldn't have thought about it. And it's an outward focus, not just praying for the people who are sick or the blessings I have been given, but praying for right. people that you don't think about. And especially right now, like praying for the people who work at the grocery store, yeah. praying for the people who um, clean up the hospital rooms, uh, the, the praying for the people who, who make our internet connections work. Yeah. So we can watch all the streaming videos that we're watching or things like that. Uh, it's, there's a joy. Uh, there's, there's a beauty in guided prayer that, because it, it can guide you into places that you wouldn't have naturally thought. It guides you away from yourself. Yeah. And that's, uh, so I think, yeah, that's, uh, I see this coming together in like two parts. Uh, one is to think of how you could pray for people that you don't normally think to pray for. And I think, again, especially in a quarantine culture right now, grocery store workers, doctors, nurses, and th- so this is a relevant story. UPS drivers um, yeah. are, are people that should be prayed for. But I don't think the story ends there. Um, so like today, and this sounds like I'm patting myself on the back. I'm totally not. Like it's just, I think this is what the outflowing of prayer was because I used the Red Book too. Um, and I was thinking about UPS delivery drivers and I purchased on Amazon a thing for my bike. And as soon as I purchased it, I went, oh man, I'm going to make somebody do a very non-essential delivery run to me for this thing I don't really need right now. Like that was kind of crummy. Yeah. Um, so I prayed and I was like, you know, be with the delivery guy. And then I happened to be outside today when he came. Um, so I pulled a couple bucks out of my pocket and I was like, can I give you a tip? Like, am I allowed to do that? And the dude like essentially broke down in our driveway and he was like, people have been upset at me cause their wine deliveries were late. And oh, like geez. people are giving me crap all the time cause we're overworked and I'm out here in this stuff. And just that somebody would appreciate me meant the world. And like, Again, that's not like, oh boy, Jay's a superhero, but it is, I think prayer has to have some sort of outcome like that. Yeah. Like if, you, if you're going to go ahead and pray for your UPS delivery driver, what does it look like to actually honor what they're doing when they show up at your door? If you're going to pray for doctors and nurses in this season, what's it look like to actually let that prayer lead you to some sort of action and not just be thoughts and prayers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because prayer yeah. without action is just, uh, it's, it's taking away our um, our need to do something because it feels like, look, I did something, I prayed. Um, and that's, again, that's making light of prayer. I think that, I used to think of it, um, I still kind of do, I think sometimes prayer is when you've done everything you can and you can't mm-hmm. think of what else to do, that's when prayer is the most effective. Yes. Prayer is not the most effective when you think I don't, there's all these things I should do, but I don't really want to do them. So I'll pray (laughs) about them instead. Right. Uh, I think that prayer is when you've run out of choices, when, when you've reached the end of your ability to control a situation or impact a situation, that's when we pray and say, God, I actually need some help with this. 
not I need help because I don't want to do what I could do. Like I, I don't want to be nice to my UPS driver. So right. pray that something else in his life is nice to him. Uh, <laughs> and right. that he, he thinks, wow, somebody prayed for me today. Cause I, I got to see the sunshine when I was driving or, or something yeah. like that. But, um, but I also think that, um, the interesting thing about prayer, and this is where it gets kind of to the existential deeper things that I've always struggled with, with prayer is like what the power of prayer is. And I honestly deeply believe that there is power in prayer. Yeah. But I think we need to, uh, we as a church need to better articulate the mystery of what that means. Yeah. That we can say there is definitely power in prayer without having to identify what that power is. Because as soon as we try to put our hands on that and define, pin down what the power of prayer is, the we start to... Uh, kind of mess up our understanding of prayer because then it yeah. makes it about us yeah. and it makes a weird thing. Cause if you think, well, if you pray for whatever you pray for and ask God for it, he'll give it to you. No, that is not true. Uh, 100% not true. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of times God's not a genie. And a lot of times what we're asking for is stuff that we don't need. Um, right. And uh, then some of the things that we're asking for, it's better that we don't get it. Uh, and the Bible is filled with stuff like that, where people are asking for things that they don't get. Jesus prays, that he would not have to go on the cross. Right. And he doesn't get that. Right. Uh, now he does say, whatever you want, um, we'll be fine. But the hard thing is that when people make it out to be like, uh, especially if someone's sick, like, please pray for my grandma because she's sick. Yes. Please yeah. pray for, for like everybody, please pray for my grandma. But we don't want to insinuate that if we just get enough prayers that God's going to heal this person. Right. And because that, that, I mean, then it be, turns into into a telethon. Then God becomes kind of pretty terrible, where it's just like God's just waiting up there, and be like, "Well, if we just had some more prayers for this person, then maybe right. I would heal them." And no, that's, that's not how it works. But yes, please pray for my grandma. Like the, right. it's it's the both and. Well, more prayers are helpful, but not. It's not like there's a certain quota that we need before God will get off of out of his chair and actually help us. Right. I think it's a two prong approach there. Like uh, the, uh, there are prayers that I've lifted up before that get a sort of miraculous answer, right? Like the person faces terrible diagnosis of cancer and everything looks terrible. And I pray and a couple weeks later, they're all better. And like, I got nothing for you on that. I've got no yeah. formula. I've got no tactical X plus Y equal Z. It's just the miraculous power of God in that moment. And I am perfectly content listening, living in the mystery of that. Yeah. Um, so that part's important, but I think all more regular than that, those are rare. Um, the, the God shows up miraculously kind of prayers. I think more frequently I find myself changed by my own prayers um, mm. and allowing me to, again, to step into the action of that, right? Like if I'm going to pray for a UPS guy, I got to do something about that. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to pray for the people that make my clothes at night, that's one of the prayers I think in the red book. Right, like for the people that make uh, the stuff we need, mm. uh, if I if I'm gonna pray for that, I gotta think about what I'm doing at Walmart. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that the prayer changes me, and hopefully would lead me to some sort of action that would result in the world being a better place. Yeah, um, it's this it's this honesty with God, where God is kind of speaking back to you, just to say, uh, when I say like, please help the people that I don't think about, God will kind of put in back at you why don't you think about those people yeah and what would it look like if you did start thinking about those people like that 
you have to be prepared for prayer being a conversation. Prayer is not a wish list. Right. And we treat prayer like God is a genie or God is Santa Claus. And then when God doesn't give us what we want, then we get mad at God. And that's not how prayer is supposed to work. And right. and so whenever I'm praying for something specifically, I will often pray for um, resp- emotional response. Like mm-hmm. give me peace in the midst of this or give me comfort with this or help me to calm down. Like those kind of things because they can be granted instantly. Uh, I will ask like for healing, but more than I'll ask for like comfort and safety and things like that. I think part of prayer too is um, just the sheer conversation of it. Um, I think a lot of times we forget that God is an active participant in our prayers. um, And and we assume that prayer is just something we do alone. Um, And I think, you know, God really wants to have conversation with us <laughs> today. When I, when I went grocery shopping, um, I went out to Aldi and got the snacks and treats that the boys really, really love. And, um, it was clear to me what Sarah had done while I was gone because when I got home, um, Julian and Joshua totally faked it, uh, and, and came up to me and they were like, hi, Dada, how was your day? You're really great. Thanks for going to the grocery store for us. And it was it was obvious to me what had happened. Sarah had said to them, you can have, uh, you can ask Dada for the snacks that he got for you, but only after you actually say something nice to him or, or kind of talk to him a little bit first. And I think that's so how we are with God, right? Like we do the conversation bit because there's something we want at the end of it, right? Like, hey God, you're so holy. You're so awesome. You're fantastic. Thanks so much for everything. Oh, by the way, could you make sure that I get a break on my taxes or whatever, you know, thing that we're bringing to God? Um, and I think, you know, as a father, I, I, in that moment, I much rather um, have an honest conversation with my kids, right? Like a legitimate, like, tell me about your day. Tell me what you loved about the day. Um, and I don't care how much they ask for. I just want that connection with them. And I am pretty convinced that's what God's after, too, is just time with us to have honest conversation about where we are, even if that turns into like the things we're complaining about or the things that we're not happy about or uh, the ways that we're struggling or the, the hurts that we have. Uh, I think God wants that stuff more than God wants a uh, laundry list of the things that we need in any given moment. Yeah. Well, and the, the hard thing about conversations too, that we forget conversations don't have to, um, sometimes the act of conversation is the act of being with someone and knowing someone and being able to process something with someone. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, and now everything makes sense. Like uh, conversations can be therapeutic and fulfilling without providing tons of clarity. Right. Uh, and sometimes we put so much on prayer that when we take all of the relational connectional thing out of it we just go straight for here's what i'd like please or here's what i did i'm sorry uh and then we take away the time for um introspection and that that level of processing is really important which again i think gets comes a full circle to um the the struggles that we have with prayer that we were talking about at the beginning like i struggle with prayer when it becomes a performance or when it becomes a um just a wish list like those yep. two things because 
so much of the stuff that people pray for on the on the wish lists are unfulfilled. Yeah. And so then it seems like, well, what's the point? And so many when people are performing, it feels like, well, that person's not talking to God. They're just trying to get people to either notice how beautiful their prayer is or talking about people like gossiping in real time. Yeah. That's some of the worst prayers is like, well, like, please, pr- please pray for my neighbor's cousin because he's got a drug problem. It's like, yeah. All right. I mean, yes, there are authentic ways to pray for that. And that's an important thing to pray for, but maybe not in in corporate right. worship, naming maybe. names of people who are, their marriage is falling apart. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we don't all need to be a part of that <laughs> yeah, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Please pray that uh, that Jay will stop being such a jerk. Like, <laughs> Shut like, it. Stuff like that. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, getting to the more the simpler but more complicated at the same yeah. time process of prayer, where presence uh, is the most important thing. And sometimes being present in your kind of awkward, weird prayers is way better than having yeah. this beautiful, ornate prayer that people go, oh, what a beautiful prayer. So true. Like, yeah, it didn't mean anything to me, but thank you. Yeah, right. Um, I, I went I think... through a time where prayer to me was just saying, uh, like kind of announcing my presence and, and mm. recognizing God's presence and then just kind of being there and just trying to say, hi, God, and then just like letting it be for a little bit and seeing if any seeing what came out of that yeah i think this this cycles back to where we started talking about worship services in the in the pandemic era Mm. um you know like nothing will bring about a shoe inspection faster than asking a group of presbyterians if anybody wants to pray right like everybody just immediately looks at their feet and like don't make eye contact don't make eye contact or you get those like two or three people that are like always love to pray it's like how about anybody else not that any of your prayers aren't great but like let's let some other people pray Right. But I think there's this fear of because it's been built up as so performative, yeah. right, that if you're not good at it, yep. you, you shouldn't do it. Um, I think it's kind of beautiful that we're all kind of stuck at home right now. <laughs> and and, yeah. and there's grace for trying some stuff that maybe is going to be OK and maybe isn't. But like if you're taking your authentic self to God, right, like this could be a good season for just practicing prayer. Yeah. Um, which is, it, it sounds like I'm like equating it to like learning the guitar or something like that. But in an essence, like I think it does take practice to bring that authentic self before God and not be performative or, you know, rambling or, you know, super ornate, like to just have conversation. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. it takes practice, but it's less of a skill and more of a, of, of an actual practice. Like, yeah, it takes practice to be a good dad. You yes. don't, it's not, I mean, there are plenty of articles that'd be like, here's how to be a good dad. And like, do this checklist. And that makes me a good dad. No, it doesn't. Right. It's being responsive and present with your kids and recognizing that you're going to screw up, but not giving up because of that. Like, right. and being a good friend, being a good spouse, being a good significant other, being connected to anybody takes practice, takes action, but it also takes humility to recognize and grace, like to recognize yep. I'm going to screw up a bunch of this. But my screwing up doesn't mean I'm going to stop. It just means I'm going to try to be as authentic and open as I can. And I'm not going to, there's never a point where I'm going to nail it. Like you can kind of nail it with guitars. You can get to the point where you're like, now I'm the best guitar player. So I I've heard. Think any, I'm not there yeah, yet. Yeah. I don't think any guitar player gets there, but there's, there are plateaus. There are points where you're like, I'm good enough. That's what I want to be. I'm, I'm now this or, and theoretically there is the best guitar player out there. Who's like, I can play anything I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how prayer works. It's not like there's the best prayer. Like the best right. prayer is whoever's the most authentic, which is that's why five-year-olds are great at praying. Yes. Because they're just like, well, they'll talk to God like God is there. 
because God is there. Uh, and yep. they recognize that uh, it really is like listening in on a phone conversation that you're only hearing half of the side to, but it has a simplicity that doesn't need to go on very long. It just kind of says, my cat is sad. Please help my cat like that. Yeah. That's, that's a great prayer. Yep. Yeah. Or pray for my teacher. She's having a baby and she wasn't in school today. <laughs> so we've got this season that we're kind of stuck inside, uh, minus some occasional outdoor exercise adventures or worship services uh, mm-hmm. to be filmed. Um, take some risks on it. Go for it. You know, yeah. see where it, see where it takes you. Um, but don't. I think Rob Bell said it. Everybody's favorite heretic. Heretic um, Rob Bell. Yeah, that that you should never pray something you're not willing to be the answer to. Uh. <laughs> um, and like, and I like that. That's that's a solid way to approach it, right? If we're gonna again pray for essential workers right now, what's it look like to be the answer to that prayer? Yeah. Um, if you're gonna pray for an end to this virus, what's that look like? Yeah. Um, if you're praying for refugees, what are you doing to help refugees, or, or what yes. are you doing to equip others to help refugees? Like. You are, right. you can play a part, even if you aren't the answer to the virus. How do I help the doctors? Even if I can't yep. help the doctors, how do I help other people help the doctors? Even if I can't do these sort, even if I can't help the drivers from Amazon, maybe I can recognize that I don't need to order this, this, and this right now. Like yeah. maybe I can get out of the way so that they can be doing more essential deliveries uh, or something like like you. It should have some response, whether that response is fundamentally huge and it changes the directory of your life or it just changes one choice that you're going to do today it should have some kind of action associated with it yeah so pray about it yeah and, uh, and let us know so a question for those of you that are on the uh, social media machines rough the pastor on twitter roughing the pastor on instagram or the newly minted roughing the pastor facebook page oh yeah it was real active there for a little bit and then the, the quarantine happened and we all forgot yeah <laughs> yeah ironically quarantine happened and we all got off our computers <laughs> or something i don't know we all got off of facebook facebook <laughs> is for real life yeah yeah uh but who deserve who who's in need of prayers today uh it can be you can be the people we mentioned the lifting up uh the essential workers, people like that. But again, like these uh, prayer books do for us, they're probably people that are in need of prayer that Tyler and I aren't thinking of. Um, so how can we as a community kind of put others in front of each other who need prayer in this season? And then what's it look like to be the answer to those prayers? Yeah. Um, and maybe if, you, if also if you have a particular prayer practice or a, a story of how you have kind of come around on prayer, yeah. um, that can be a really helpful one too. There's also like another good... Um, form prayer that's a really good one is the the Alcoholics Anonymous prayer mm-hmm. give me the um, it's like give me the serenity to change the change the things I can the grace to accept to the accept. things that I can't yeah. and then the wisdom to know the difference that's, yeah. that's a huge prayer it's not just for people who are alcoholics it's for every single person because we're all struggling with something we're all addicted to something yeah. um, and we all need to repent which just means change we all need to change something so uh even if even if you go through a season where you just pray that i went through a season where i just uh prayed the lord's prayer because none of the other prayers worked for me yeah and it was a good one and uh works yeah stood the test of time you know indeed it did hey can i plug can i plug something real quick go go for it uh so in the quarantine and in the creative times uh i've been doing live stream worship jams on Friday nights at yes. six, 
and they're like crazy fun. Uh, they're weird for me to do alone in this office uh, and get absolutely no personal feedback at the end of songs. But they're a lot of fun. So uh, tune in Friday, 6 p.m. Uh, as long as there is a quarantine, I'll keep doing them. Nice. Uh, but yeah, the well, the Westminster YouTube page is where you find that. And I think and I'll keep posting it, it in like yeah. Yeah. Twitter and Facebook and stuff like yeah. that. It's a it's a it's a good time. I I was there one time too. And it was it was lovely. It's fun. Last week we did the Beatles. That was Ooh. interesting in a worship jam. Yeah, that is really nice. I missed that. More surprises to come. Nice. I would uh, encourage everyone to, uh, as we talked about last week, but go see the movie Knives Out. It's great. Yes. It's on your it's on your TV for a nominal fee right now. Uh, and watch the leftovers if you have access to HBO. It's a great way to. Be, I can't even. I can't so even good. recommend people watch the Tiger King. It's just <laughs> everybody's already seen it. It's just yeah, it's so, it's out there. Yeah, except for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and onward is on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I really out. want to see that too. Yeah, it's real good. All right, so I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And this has been roughing, roughing the, the pastor. pastor. Hey, we did it. I'm sure it's synced up. <laughs> <laughs>